Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me today is Chris Allen, Tom Kirk, Mark Lovell and Alex Hunt. Hello everyone, how are we doing? Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> the tone is often set, Archie. We can, we can tell the result. For those who don't know the result, we can tell it from how you, uh, you introduce us all. Oh, we're not matching today. Do you think a load of people don't listen to like <laughs> like think I'll only watch it after I've listened to five people I've never met dissect it? That's the end game. That's the end game. Uh, yeah. Crikey! Another disheartening result. Three one at home to Swansea. Half time, we were looking looking good. Chris, how are you feeling? One day on, one sleep on. I just think the better team won. Um, and I, I kind of think it's that simple. If you if you watch back, as I did early this morning, they scored three quite high quality goals of different kinds, whereas we scored, you know, had some decent play, but missed one or two semi sitters. And I think that's the recurring theme. I don't think we can sit there and say it was a disaster, but I think we can say. For the 11th time, the opposition are quite good, aren't they? I, I think disagree that's with you, there. I mean, you say they were the better team. We should have been 2 0 up. Yeah. Okay. They ended up winning comfortably, but absolutely, we should have been ahead 2 0. Yeah. Pound for pound quality of player, though. I felt that they were a stronger team than we are. In I the end, absolutely. Had. But. I, yeah, we can talk about that till the cows come home. You know, obviously goals changes everything, and we didn't react very well to that equaliser, and we uh, it all went downhill from there. Felt like um, kind of half agree with both of you, um, Chris. I thought uh, if if you were going to make a combined Argyle Swansea eleven, you'd pick more Swansea and Argyle players. There was a lot of quality on show, a lot of people, with a lot of championship minutes in them. Let's be honest, our best player is the one that they didn't want. So let's put that in perspective. Um, Two, annoyed actually, me, if you include Kundal. <laughs> arguably, arguably. Um, it made me more annoyed about midweek because that was a game where I felt that we had maybe better players. I know that they weren't really attacking Millwall, but um, one of the rare opportunities midweek will, Millwall was to play a team that arguably their players weren't as good as ours. So that's more frustrating. And uh, yeah, Mark, like you're saying, we we should we had chances because what we can't do is just assume we're going to lose the game where the other team have got better players than us because that's most teams. That's nearly every team, frankly. Um, that was a home game against a team that had, yes, better players, but we had home advantage and we've got a good home record and we've got a lot of good things about us. And we put very few of those things into effect yesterday. If I, Actually, to argue with myself, I think the frustrating thing is that we do have the quality of players, but about five of them weren't playing. Um, and that we enforce upon ourselves to try and get back to the spirit of getting promoted last year, rotating in players who are noticeably weaker than their replacements, both at the start of the game and during. Like The amount of times yesterday where I thought our best team is not playing here. 
we, we have weaknesses that we seem to have enforced on ourselves. Well, yeah, let's kick it off with that as our first kind of point of discussion. Shui made four changes yesterday, and the notable absentees were probably Randall and Azaz, who were dropped to the bench. And now I'm aware I've sat here on this pod and kind of um, criticised Shui for possibly not changing things enough. Um, so I need to acknowledge that. However, Randall and Azaz being dropped to the bench did feel odd, especially with a two-week break now upon us. Um, yeah, Mark, what are your thoughts on that? You know, you're a big Randall fan. Yeah, I mean, he scored the goal at Lincoln. Um, don't understand it. No. Lincoln? He should have been playing. Long season, mate. F. Sorry, apologies. Hull, similar. Oh. Maybe Northern. that's why he thinks we're going to finish sixth. He thinks it's still in the <laughs> place to avoid for a long weekend. I think. Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. Yeah, sorry about that. But, yeah, Randall is one of our own. Yeah, he... It, it was a surprising um, call. Yeah, Butcher, maybe he was fresher legs. Houghton has had a decent season. But no, I, did, I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Azaz, been one of our better players in recent weeks. Um, yeah. Although Kundal was, Kundal was one of our better players on the day yesterday, particularly in the first half. He got the goal, but I thought he was involved in other things as well. So... Azaz being dropped, I don't know if that st- stands out as a as a big su- big surprise or, or a, a decision that went wrong by Shuey. Butcher's the one for me. He's another player who, like I said about Gillespie in the last pod we did, I really like him. He's a really useful player to have in the squad. I, d- I don't know why he's starting home games against teams we want to go out and beat. No, um, I, I, I want to give some. I want to get. I, I hear you all there. Um, you know, Randall's been great. Azaz, it didn't play so well against Millwall, but, you know, two, a week ago we were saying he's part of the Fab Four and we're insane for not starting him. But uh, like uh, like the boys said, Kundal delivered, actually. Um, and uh, Kundal, Mumba and Butcher were some of our better players for me. And even, I've, Butcher's felt systemic. I'm, 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 I get it then. That means one of Randall and Azaz drops out, which I'm not crazy about. But um, he was put man for man for their sort of attacking mid fielder Charlie Patino, who's been their danger man this season. Absolute quality player Arsenal have got high hopes for. And he was really quiet and Butcher was man for man for him. So I feel that was those couple of decisions were partly vindicated. They weren't the reason we lost yesterday. And I think it's important to note that we've we've been on this pod, I don't know which one. And we you know, we got angry Shuey for starting the A team and having no op- options to come off the bench. Now I'm not gonna don't want to rehash that debate, but it's important to acknowledge that we were you know, having a go at him for starting the Fab Four, and our and our bench was looking as dull as dishwater. So, I think we need to acknowledge that as well. Um, Luke Kundal, I want to give him a bit of praise before we really get into the um, get into desperation kind of territory. He's our second joint top goal scorer, and I don't think he probably gets enough credit um, that he deserves. He obviously, scored yesterday against his former team. Tom, you were saying he was one of the highlight standout players from yesterday certainly from the first half what was your um, impression of him when did he come off 66 minutes I know we're going to come into that sort of thinking a little later but yes um, around that anybody do anything better to muscle him off man of the match not for me you know I thought um, again not a that's on vibes and not stats but you know a a reliable uh, stats provider I've just consulted said you know his sort of KPIs were were also pretty good yesterday um, 
he uh, he scores goal. He's got four goals. Goals per minute must be pretty good. You know, some of our some of our other players could uh, could could learn from that. And again, it's that's uh, the subtle art of finding the right space at the right time. But it's no fluke now, is it? I mean, that's is that four goals? Yeah, goals you know, per minute. You've, um, stat alert: We've got there within the first five minutes. Um, <laughs> he is top by quite some way. He's um, with um, zero point seven five goals per ninety which is almost double what uh, Morgan Whitaker has with uh, 0.39 goals per 90. Um, to put him in the team... He was in that pocket. Pulse. He was in that pocket, wasn't it, where it didn't... It, we perhaps go over later where it didn't work, but the, against Norwich, the, 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 the two tens in the pocket behind the sort of Hardy causing mayhem. That's where the goal came from. It never happened again from that point. But uh, he was the you know, he was benefactor of that. Yep. No, and I think he took took that goal well as well. He did, he did well. I was a well taken goal. I know it was semi an open goal, but you know, there's bodies in the way, and he did well. And things were looking rosy at half time. I thought we looked better as an attacking team compared to Millwall. You know, especially our decision making the final third. Chris, would you share that enthusiasm for the first half? <clears throat> yeah, and actually responded quite well when they scored as well. We had a really good opportunity just after they scored so all I can do is repeat what I said earlier which is in the moments that matter they scored excellent goals with experienced championship players all right well let's let's um let's jump forward to the second half I don't I'm not sure they were great goals to be honest especially first two a Gillespie error a Gillespie error again Hazard no land but to your point I, I I was uh wrath yesterday it's, and about Gillespie like I, I still don't feel he's up to it but watching it back with the benefit of hindsight it was more very very intelligent play by them than a mistake by him mm-hmm. you know, as a piece of work to get that ball back across it was very well executed the second one was a great hit if we'd scored that we'd be saying it was a great goal and the third one is about as perfect a counter-attack as you'll ever see. Mark, our resident goalkeeper, goal number one for Swansea. What's your take on that? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Hazard make an attempt to try and cut out that cross. Get it? He's six foot eight. He has the, you know, he, he's got to go and do something about it. It looks bad. Obviously, it seems to be, you know, space there at the back stick goalkeeper can come across get a touch on it and and not allow that free header across the face of goal um that's what it looked to me at first glance obviously that first goal changes everything and we didn't react very well to that second goal uh maybe it was Houghton who gave the ball away which is uh not happening you know he's had a good season so it'd be not fair to have a pile on <laughs> About Jordan Houghton, Hazard, I like to see do better. He's got the he's got the physical attributes to get a touch on that. Just move a couple of yards. It's it's hanging up in the air. It's not that fierce a cross. I think a goalkeeper. It looks bad to me, but there you go. And the third one, the third goal, he might have saved on another day, you know. But he's had a good season. He's been one of our better players. Connor Hazard. It uh, would be. Unf- I hope he gets a game for Northern Ireland. I think Dan Scar's given up on that on that on that first one as well. I think yeah. I think he's 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 back in Gillespie to do something with that, or at least 
make sure that their player only manages to get enough on it to to knock it out for our goal kick. He's he's all over the place. He's the wrong side of him. He's not in the right place. He's, he ends up just being planted to the line and sort of watching the guy put it in. So there's a three there's three points in that where you're thinking, Joe, should he have been tighter on him? Should he have been putting more pressure so the guy couldn't just kind of lob in a little chip into the into the area for someone to do something with? Which didn't end up being that dangerous, I didn't think, until Gillespie wasn't sure whether to watch the ball or the player and then kind of ended up watching neither. Um, and then Dan Scar, because he's, he's backing Gillespie to do something, or he's thinking this is not a dangerous situation, really. And then he's he gets found out because or his mates let him down and then he's all over the place and in the wrong spot. So there's kind of three three things that Shuey, I think, when they're analysing that goal will go. There's three moments in that very close together where we should have done better. Yeah, I just yeah, think... Avoidable. The uh, goalkeeper can help the defence out in that and take responsibility and just snuff out the danger before it actually happens. Because I think there's a lot of waiting around for the goalkeeper actually, or to try and help out his defence. And the first goal changed everything there. But if you go, I don't remember too many more clear-cut chances than they had other than the three, whereas I can remember at least two more for us, the... Mumba coming through and the Edwards header. No, not 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 true, mate. Not, differently, could have been a goal. Not true, mate. I mean, we did talk about the first half there. Archie, I didn't come in because it felt like the only sort of real. I didn't want to dampen the positives that we had, but um, in fairness, Connor, it's we're only winning at half time because of him. You know, mm-hmm. a really instinctive save. Yates is, has a big chance, which is missed, which is right in the six yard box. You know, he makes himself big. He saves it, and then he tips one around the post later. Yeah. This idea that the first half, we had this with Millwall yesterday, the first half was great. I mean, it wasn't. You know, it was, I'm not complaining about it because we're gonna, where we do well this season, we're going to do well edging very close um, matches. Yeah. Um, I'm not expecting us to thrash teams. I don't think we've got that. And it's even the 6 2, you know, it was tight. You know, that could have gone another way. We, we did what we did well and we had a bit of luck, right? And the second half, you know, I would have accepted if we did what we did well and we didn't have a luck. Well, we didn't do what we did well. I'm looking at that still, Alex. You're right to point it out. I don't know what on earth's going on for that first goal because if anybody's been watching or really knows Macaulay Gillespie, he's our weak link at the moment. I don't think anybody is denying that. And the entire uh, defence just stands and watches that to unfold. And I'm with you, Alex. I think Scar. I think Scar's effort in that moment is uh, poor. He didn't want it. Yates wanted it and Scar didn't want it as much and they scored because of it. We're not going to do very well this season if we don't want it as much as the other team. There was a couple of other moments on, on, the, on the not really want it as much point where if you're looking at what's happening off the ball, there are moments where you're thinking, could that player have made a run? Could that player have tracked that player a bit more? There was Now, Kundal had a good game. I think he was one of our better players. So I don't want this to be thinking that I'm attacking him generally. I thought his performance was good. But there was that moment where Hardy breaks through, he gets the shot away, and then we have about two or three follow-up shots and we just can't quite get it in the goal in the first half. When Hardy first breaks through down the right and he's getting into space and it looks like he's going to be able to get a shot away from the right-hand side as as he's got past his man or he's beaten his man as he does. Kundal is just watching him thinking, go on, go on. And he's not breaking his neck to get 
to the edge of the box to the penalty spot. If he had done that, I actually think maybe Ryan Hardy would have shot anyway because that's what he does. But there was an option in the middle to just roll it across and him to tap it in. So there were examples, like you say, Tom, across the pitch yesterday where they perhaps weren't the most obvious ones, but little subtle hints that perhaps we just weren't really, really wanting it. It's an easy thing to say, right? Sometimes when you lose, oh, we didn't want it as much as them. But I think there is evidence from key moments in the game, Tom, you're right, that you can point to where you can think, you know, did did we just need to give it that little bit more there? I'm never a fan of the phrase not wanting it as much. I don't understand what it means, but I think a different version of it is we weren't relentless enough. Like I think the, the tempo needs to be constantly up. And I think that maybe this is for the next part, that that is the theme that we struggle when we're not in front. And it seems to affect confidence and confidence seems to affect pace and pace seems to affect being first to the ball. You know, last year we were, it's, it's kind of easier to win when you're winning. Um, maybe there's a bit of that. I don't think it's, whenever these people say they don't want it, I feel sorry for the players, but I, I can agree that they were sec- they, they, they slowly got worse as the game went on in being in the right place at the right time, attacking the ball in the right way. Yeah. Um, Chris, I'll, I'll agree with you and come in even stronger to say they don't want it is flipping nonsense. I agree. There's a well, no, 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 not, not, hold on, hold I, I, on, I, I, hold on, hold on. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 nonsense is being kind. It's Sunday. I'm being gentle. It's um. I think Chris has hit the nail on the head. It's a psychological kind of problem, and we're seeing them kind of. I don't want to say switch off, but they were wilting away a bit. It wasn't as bad as Millwall. Millwall, I felt from that kind of 60th minute, I would have bet the house on them not even become getting close to the goal, let alone getting a shot on target. It wasn't that. It wasn't that level of desperation we saw on Tuesday night. But we definitely saw confidence just seep away at quite a drastic uh, pace yesterday. But I think we can't... There's no, no point in saying they don't want to. How can we prove that? They. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you, Archie. I, I, I do... I mean, I use the term. I do think a lot of the time it's used and it's kind of almost disrespectful to the players to say that they don't want it because, you know... We, we've all been at various levels, been out on football pitches in the past and probably got an absolute hammering and looked like we didn't want it. But of course you do. You know, when you're out there and you're playing, these guys are professionals. Of course they want to win. They're, it's their job. It's what they do every single day. I can't imagine, unless you're in a team where everybody wants the manager out and you've lost the dressing room, that it's not that they don't want it, but it's that anticipation. It's that relentlessness, like Chris said, it's that that thought of whenever the other team's got the ball, you have to assume that this could result in a goal. And whenever you've got the ball, you have to assume that it could result in a goal for you. And sometimes in a game, you kind of just get lulled into that. Nah, we'll pass it around for a bit and they'll pass it around for a bit and we'll win the ball back and they'll win the ball back. But at any moment, whoever's got the ball potentially can go and score. And I think we 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 switch off from that mindset is, is, what, is what we've done and just relaxed a bit perhaps yeah that, um, within the game itself yeah absolutely i think that and that is fair criticism absolutely that, that, I'm, uh, I'm not here to say they don't want it they, that's that's to look here and say they don't want it and i'm not saying they don't want to work hard enough i think it's the awareness of what you need to do to win a game at this level which i'm of the opinion that they thought that they need to come up and up their game so i'm surprised to see players making a decision which thinks that they've got a second to take a breath and watch that ball go out or Gillespie deal with that, where there's no chance of off 
uh, getting offside because of where uh, the ball is, where the players are. So somebody needs to be getting back in that. I'm not saying they don't want it. I'm sure they want to win, and I'm not saying that they're lazy. And I'm I not think the tapes might disagree, Tom Kirk, that you five minutes no, ago no, did say that. I will. I'll, I'll clarify for you then, if you'll let right. me. Um, there. I think Chris is right. It's a psychological point where um, they. If anybody thinks that they've got time or they can let that happen and take a breather, they're wrong. Yeah, that's mm. not that they don't want it. They're mistaken. The point about Dan Scar, he did not want that ball. Anybody wants to come in and have a conversation with me, we'll leave it there, about Dan Scar. That was psychological. Dan Scar did not want that ball as much as Yates did and he scored a goal in that moment. He didn't want it enough. Yeah, no, it's, um, I'm trying to keep up. The wanting it and not wanting it. But I, I take your point. Um, I, I take your point. I think there was, a, to use another, throw another cliche into the ring, it was a kind of a lack of street smartness to it again, um, which is frustrating to see. And we just looked like a team with a bit of a soft underbelly. And that was... Um, street. That was um, Talking about street smart smartness, a lot of the time, again, like you say, it's a cliche. What does what does that mean? What does that look like? I mean, walloping it into Rosette and, you know, when you're trying to defend the lead or whatever. Talk about street smartness yesterday or street smarts. Barley Mumba could have gone down twice for a penalty. And I think in games where it's such fine margins that could have swung either way, like yesterday could. Let's mm-hmm. not get too down about that. It could have so easily swung the other way and we could be talking about a 3-1 victory here. Um I think the first one, I haven't seen it again after watching it, but in the first half, I thought he could have gone down. Second half, he was so close to scoring, he, he, he probably thought he could just toe-poke it in there, but he I'm almost certain he would have got a penalty if he'd have gone down for that second one. And I was, street smarts was the thing, you know, mm-hmm. pragmatism, knowing think, the division. The, the only thing with that is... Cheating, if cheating with somebody else does it, but it's street smarts and we do it. Well, I, I think he was... Though, that's why. He I, was, think, I think he was fouled, right? On the second one in particular, he was clearly fouled. But there is also another planet where he goes down and everyone sat here going, you were three yards out, all you had to do was poke it in the net. So, but I think the overarching point is... I don't know if there's like an XG to street smartness. We're on the wrong side of it a lot. If you If you have individual... Um, incidents, maybe not, but overall, we just seem a little green. Pardon the pun. I think I agree with you there, mate. There's a, but players who are better at that, Houghton and Edwards, who, who love going down when they feel a little elbow in the back, yeah, um, that's that's <laughs> arguably resulted in us going, oh, God, they're actually better for this level than we thought, and aren't they having good seasons? Um, and yeah, um, some other clubs have come down and, and scored us in that a little bit. Barley Mumba's the player who's going to win us penalties. And if that's if that's a tactic, I'm not saying it's a tactic to throw yourself on the ground in the box, but with him dribbling into the box with the ball at his feet is going to make defenders have to make a decision. Uh, um, Ryan Hardy, because the way he runs with the ball, he's not going to be um, in positions where he's going to be winning penalties unless someone completely cleans him out. Barley Mumba, I think, is the player who, if we're going to get penalties, is the player who's going to win them for us. And there was two opportunities there where he could have done that. All right, sticking with Bali, Mark, how are you feeling when 66th minute Bali Mumba is taken off for Mikel Miller? I don't agree with it. Like I didn't agree with Whitaker coming off against uh, 
right in the week um I don't know looking we just talked about the penalties um where Bali could have gone down um Whitaker was taken off it felt to me immediately after missing a good chance against Millwall we screwed it wide Bali was taken off in the aftermath of that missed chance not going down in the box whether that was like a um Shuey going, ah, he really frustrated and got him off. It's, uh, it did seem a little bit strange, um, that substitution. And at that stage of the game, it took off Cundall as well. So we've got no one on the pitch. Um, Randall wasn't on the pitch. Cundall was off the pitch. And we've got you know, no one who scored a goal recently for us apart from the, that Norwich game, which feels, feels like another decade. Uh, yeah, I don't, didn't agree with Bali. He looked, he looked perfectly fine. So, mm-hmm. Tom, you're someone that shared similar frustration regarding Bali substitution. What was your take on it? Well, it looked like he was our best player in the, one of our best players in the first half, him and Cundall down that left side. They attacked down the right side, Swansea. That's where they're, good players are Cullen and Key Grimes was that side um it felt like the game plan that we made was tailored to be prepared for them to attack us down that left side they'd have seen that Mumba attacks and we're probably playing Gillespie and come down there and I thought Mumba just like he did against Norwich at the expense of going up and doing the sexy stuff man for man defending was was great and Cundall benefited from that um first half really good actually a Mumba was a, a lot of stuff we created came down that side as well um, so they were our two best players. Um, I, I want to check myself on what happened in the second half um, for Mumba to be subbed. But like Mark was saying, I can't. Work, he hadn't done a. He was great in the first half. Whether he was doing something specifically wrong in the second half, I'm conscious that the the chance where he the ball falls to him, he's miles out of position. So I, uh, I'm just I'm assuming that to be circumstantial. But yeah, again, he was gonna. He was. We, we're trying to win the game. I can't remember if it was 1-1 one, one or 2-1 at that point when the chances, but we're trying to win the game. We're trying to score goals. And we take a player up. You know, we, we're talking guys about how, you know, we've got not as good a player as they got. And then one of the few ace cards we got where they'd like that player in their pack of cards, we take him off and put Mikhail Miller on, who um, in an assortment of cameos, he hasn't started a huge amount of games. I just can't see that at all because Miller proceeded to come on, go really wide with a view to perhaps crossing the ball, which we don't, you know, what do we do with crosses? Where's the, where's the evidence to say crosses for us are a good thing? Um, and make poor decisions, run around like a speedboat with no driver and, and get caught offside in good, in good moments. It's, it's, it's the worst substitution decision of the season, Archie, and there's been a and there's been a worryingly high amount of those in for a handful of games so far. Crikey, there's the there's the plug line for Twitter, uh, Mark. Yeah, I mean we must be very good if we can take off million pound players in successive games. What am I missing? I guess it's all hypothetical, isn't it? But to to your point, Tom, I I totally agree. It was weird. Really, really weird. But most of the chances that came through before they scored their third came from Miller. Um, I think your point, Tom's a good one, which is if you're going to swing crosses in, you don't necessarily want it to fall into Joe Edwards. Um, 
on the six-yard box. But he did create a couple of chances that could have got us back in the game, which is, I think explains... I think we said this after, oh, I said it maybe after the Millwall game, but I, I kind of understand Shuey's frustration because we're talking a lot about him tinkering, but actually it's the execution of the final shot, header, pass that's letting us down, not necessarily the formation. There is another day where we at least equalise, if not win, based on the introduction of... We're, we're trying to win a game, mate. Mumba was causing them problems. And even you talk about psych, with psycho, uh, psychology came out. Uh, now, whether that's it, it, this is some strange maneuver where they think, well, we won't mark Barley and we'll leave their left back, and he kind of sort of double bluffed him. I mean, that's a, that is a really high stakes strategy. That is, um, he created chances. Yeah, he got some space there, but I mean, I just look at that one. There's one with Bundu, who came in on the other side and was really impactful. Dribble past three or four players, come across the pitch to find Miller in, in a lot of space because for whatever reason, Chris, they gave him some space and he just stood offside. He just stood offside. It was a tack way. That was arguably the best opening of the second half um, to create a chance other than the ones that did lead to chances. Yeah, and and I, I can't, somebody have to point out the qualities that Miller is substantially better at than Bali to vindicate that decision. And again, the ones I can see is, he, okay, he can get down the left and whip across with his left. He's a left, he can, he can hit the ball with his left foot on the left-hand side. But, you know, where's, where Sam Cosgrove in playing? You know? Yeah. And, and if, if we are going down that route, if you're going to make changes at 60 minutes, get Bundy one. Like, he just looks great. And he's not really had a chance to influence a game. Um, everything he does looks... I mean, this is a guy that was playing at a, a very high level. He obviously knows what he's doing. That, that's my frustration. If you're going to change it up at 60 minutes, give him a proper run at it because I don't think he's done a lot wrong in any game when he's come up. Yeah, it is a good point. Can I, um, oh, Archie, I was going to ask you a question there, mate, because on, I, I thought about this and I'll throw it back at you as question master. Um, mm-hmm. When B- Mumba went off, that didn't make any sense to me. Mm. Um, the sentiment, I feel, possibly would have stopped them subbing Whitaker off. But for me, actually, that was the change I would have made. And, you know, my the points tally in my of Plymouth Argyle this season, I don't want to come down to sentiment at all. But I thought in the second half, he got frustrated. He was man-marked. They, I feel they had his number because they all knew him. Um, on top of that, it wasn't his best day. And it was hard circumstances. He got frustrated. He got a yellow card. And the other bit was that that, that 10 role that he'd gone into and had so much joy at Norwich because Hardy, him and Azaz had overloaded the two centre-backs. Swansea came prepared for that and put Grimes back into that. So he, he wasn't getting any joy. I feel that was the change. Yeah. But also, but, but just on that, if he, I can almost again hear a conversation that says, today's your day, but I don't think you're going to be anything other than their focus. But if he's constantly got three or four players around him, that means somebody else hasn't. Side note as well, before Archie goes and, and gets to actually answer the question that, that Tom put to him, um, the yellow card he picked up, I thought the yellow card he picked up, I thought that was actually one example of street smarts. That was a foul which stopped uh, a breakaway when we were out of shape. Um, that was one example where it, that he was doing what we've criticised them for not doing. So I'll give him a pass on that one. Archie. Um, what was the question? Take take Bundu. No, take. Have you been distracted? Have you been distracted by Mark's hat? Just I mean, just for those listening, I mean, Mark is rotating hats here, and the one he is currently wearing is spectacular. 
Um, yeah, the best hat I've ever seen. I would have taken Whitaker off. I was joking. I would have taken Whitaker off. I thought he had a poor game. I don't think he's had a great few games, to be honest. Um, and I don't think that's a big, you know, I don't think we need to ring alarm bells as such, but we need to be able to take him off. And we didn't. And I know I've sat here and said, Shui needs to make changes. And I'm sitting here and saying, Shui hasn't made the right change. Um, so I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I, it was odd. It was really, really odd. And Whitaker stayed on and he, didn't do a lot. Bundu looks good. I'd like to spend some time on him. Anyone anyone keen to um talk about the moose? I thought he looks exciting. I'm a bit obsessed with him. I'm a bit obsessed with him. I, I just the quality of the touch, the pace, everything that he does looks like someone that we could build things around. Whereas actually he can, tends to get thrown on into a bit of a bit part role. Um I don't know how we do that, because that's not my job. But he seems massively underutilised. He's he said recently when he's come on, he's had more minutes than than Ben Wayne. To be fair to Ben, um, but they've both been kind of coming on towards the end of games. And the difference is, is Bundu. You notice him. Oh, he's picked the ball up. He's driven into the box. Oh, they found him. Oh, he's made a key pass there. Ben Wayne comes on, and. If you hadn't seen the substitution, it's one of those things where you look, you'd look at the team sheet afterwards and go, oh, Ben Wayne came on, you know. And if you're looking for – Ben Wayne, for me, is more of actually possibly more of a guy you start. If you're giving Hardy a rest, when you want to play a formation, play a system, keep it tight, he's not a player that you bring on. Bundu, and I think this might be – for him, it might be a frustration, actually, because he seems to have an impact. He's an impact player, and – it must be so annoying when, when when you see yourself as good enough to get in the team and the manager says, oh, you know, you're the guy that's going to come on with 15 minutes to go every week and change the game. Um, but that might be his 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 role this season. He might be our finisher. Mm, I'd like to see him. Tuesday, Millwall, we, we saw Hardy having his problems against that sort of defensive setup. It was clear that we needed something different. I'd like to see Bundu through the middle, and uh, it seems at the moment we we could talk about the positives of Bundu, but he's a little bit wasted out on the right there. You know, he's he's been impressive. I'd like to see him through the middle where it's clearly not working with Hardy. Yeah, absolutely. Because Ben Wayne, as Alex said, he had struggles to when he comes on in particular. He's been okay starting. You know, he scored those three goals in the Carabao when he had the chance from the from the off. But um, yeah, Bundu trying through the middle. I uh, I agree on the Millwall point because it clearly wasn't working. It was a low line; doesn't work for right. I thought Ryan had a couple of chances. Some of Ryan's he, he one of those games for Ryan Hardy yesterday where the lazy fan has a go. Um, in um, out of possession, Ryan was good yesterday was as good as he has been um i felt he let himself down with some of his decisions yesterday um there was a shot wide where i think kind was in the middle where he, he put it on target but he was well wide he shouldn't have been shooting from there and there was one where he he got forward again he seemed to be going wider all the time running ahead into the center um and I'm, i don't know whether that's an inferiority complex or whatever I, I sit to the side not behind the goal so i can't totally see but it seemed to be ending up wide and there was one way like he waited to pull the ball back when it got the byline and Everybody could see that he'd waited too long. The ball went out. It was really frustrating. Um, but I wouldn't. It wasn't like the system didn't suit Ryan yesterday. He was getting a couple of 
opportunities where their line was high. So I don't think that was the case there. Bundu, I'm with you boys there because I go back to Cosgrove last year. When we needed to change games, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, where they're better than us, so they were at that point, which is horrifying, thinking that we're going to need to beat Sheffield Wednesday in a couple of weeks. Um, we threw Cosgrove on. I don't expect the panel here to sit here and think Cosgrove's a championship player. He's probably a League One player, and he's not as good as other players. But when you when your opposition is better than you, I feel like technically or better players, you have to rely on on the things that you can't teach: strength, speed. Yeah, that's that's the leveler, isn't it? And I feel like Bundu's going to do that. And there was loads of evidence yesterday. Uh, Humphreys was at the centre half. For I'm just looking at uh, just while we're here. I'm looking at a um, well-known accumulator of Optus stats. Yeah, um, Humphreys eight point one, Grimes eight point three, Patterson eight. Yeah, individual performances from Swansea yesterday were good. So we're going to need to do so. And Shuey was doing that last year, around about sixty-minute mark, going right. Well, this isn't working. Let's ruffle some feathers here. And we're either not doing that this year, or he doesn't think we have the facilities to do it. But in Bundu, I think we do do it. And yeah, it's that wide. You can't score goals that wide. And the other teams are not going to have the data on him. He's going to be that X factor, unknown. They won't know his uh, attributes and skills. So I think we're missing. We've missed a few uh, chances here with, with him because he he has he's looking so impressive. But he seems to be wasted a little bit. It's worth noting with um, Staffer that he his last goals have come from playing on the wing for Sierra Leone against Nigeria in the summer. And then for Andorra in the second La Liga, he played on the wing. I think he is capable, obviously, of playing in that central role. And that's why he was so attractive to the kind of data department at Argyle that he can play across that front three. But he does seem to be more a winger. However, you know, <laughs> we're going to need him to play central, it looks like. Um, any more points on Swansea before we leave it there for part one? Anyone else got something they need to get off their chest? Only that you've done one podcast with his mate and you're on first name terms with the guy. <laughs> Quite like that. <laughs> you can call him. So, um, my uh, my highlight yesterday was what I did like about the lineup. When everybody was concerned about dropping Randall, was we were a couple of shirt numbers away from a one to eleven, which I found very satisfying. That was hey. the happiest I was yesterday, knowing that, that knowing that Cooper and Callum Wright could come back into that team and that system feasibly work. I mean, if we'd won yesterday, I'd be like, yeah, get get Cundle out, get get Hazard out, get one and 11 in, and we've got a 1-11. That, that is one final point, though. Again, Hazard for Cooper, but Gibson looks strong and he's not playing. Wright can play. Like We are missing players in a couple of key positions. Maybe that's a bit unfair to be critiquing the the changes when at least two, possibly three, guaranteed names on the sheet are not around. Mm. All right. I don't know whether Swansea have got injury problems or not, but actually, Archie, in conclusion, we needed to have A games yesterday and several players didn't and several Swansea players did. And that was probably the difference. I think Shuey said he, you know, that they'd edged the game, but I just felt that there were more better individual performances by better players and that, that influenced the result. All right, we'll take a wee uh, breather here and then we'll come back for part two and discuss the season thus far. Hello, welcome back to part two. Here we're going to look at the season as a whole thus far. We're 11 games in and we're starting to get a good feel for where Argyle are at, where the whole league is at. Um, 
yeah, look, let's be honest. After a few games, the Devonport end was singing about the Premier League. We got all excited because Roy Hodgson was saying one or two nice things about us. And um, Mark Glover was saying we're going to be in the playoffs minimum. Mark, 11 games on. How are you feeling? Good morning, Archie. How are you? Uh, lovely to be here. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I'm an Argyle fan through and through. If you can't dream and, you know, have those positive feelings at the start of the season, you might as well not bother. Um, sixth place, you only have to look at Ipswich and what they're doing to say that, you know, why not? Why not? With a bit of strengthening, which we had with Whitaker and, and Barley. Um, obviously, now we're talking after 11 games, things are not quite as we'd imagine. But, you know, please allow me the chance to dream and to to spout sixth place. I think that's legitimate. Um, have a, absolutely no problem with that, you know. Look at Ipswich, they're flying. Nine wins out of 11, second place, looking good for the Premier League. So and we were champions of, of League One with 101 points. And not, saw, yeah, saw I think nope. my my reaction to that, the Ipswich comparison, is not as black and white as that. They're a different juggernaut to us, and they just looking at the money that they can. We were a better side team. than them last season. That was that's basically yeah. It. yeah. We haven't strengthened. It's not we can still finish six with a bit of inspirational. Um, oh, Mark, in let it go, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let so as somebody, you know, I think Mark and I have similar view. The way we watch football, I think it'd be fair to say we're not XG monsters. So, again, speaking purely as a fan, I came into it with exactly the same opinion, but with the glass half empty, which was staying in the division would be a success. That on paper, we have a very similar team to last year, where we haven't strengthened other than permanently signing the players that were really good in League One. And We've had some frustrating results, but I would absolutely take our position right now over Sheffield Wednesdays. I, I think we're probably a run rate of two or three points behind what we'd need to stay up, but I think we can recover that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to pr- put this to you guys. Personally, in you know July, August, if you'd said you know 8th of October, your 18th position... After 11 games, there's been some real highs, Norwich and a few lows. I would have taken that. Tom, would you? No, no, I wouldn't have, mate. Um, we haven't played anyone, really. Um, weirdly, the teams, the one team we have played is the team we beat handsomely. Um, if you look at the table now, I was getting a bit frustrated because every game we play, we seem to be playing somebody in the top five and then it all shuffles around. And then, you know, Birmingham were up there when we played them and now they're a little bit lower down. Um, no, I wouldn't. I don't think we should celebrate this. I'm not saying it's bit. I'm not going to call it a disaster, but we're on for a point a game, right? That at the end of the year historically is relegation form. Yes, I'm aware there's some teams below us, but three points change a lot of things. Um, what we under Shuey, we start well. People don't work us out, and then they work us out, and they've got our number quite early this year. Um, we've just lost two home games. Those that the zero points from those two home games is not good at all. That is within itself a disaster. Um, the season so far is not. We need to win some games quickly. We now need to go and win a couple of games that we don't have the right to go and win. 
um, to balance that out. We need to evidence that we can get a result away from home. There's no evidence at the moment to suggest we can. The Watford game has aged horribly. Um, yeah, this this is this is not good. You know, we've played teams at the bottoms that we should have beat. We haven't played anybody. We're going to have to go into some games yet, and our most optimistic fans will go, "Oh, that was a good point. That's a good point. A point." You know, draws aren't going to get us anywhere. Wins are going to get us somewhere, and we've failed to win a couple of games. We, what are we at home? Fifty percent win rate. You know, so I came into this thinking. Um, you know, our home form. I didn't think we'd give up on our home form. And you picked up in the first part. I'm a bit annoyed at some of the effort levels at home. It's not a fortress where you don't, you know, mark players and give them lots of space and don't put a shift in. Um, that's kind of gone. I think I said ninth. So where I'm saying that is, I think I, I, I'm more interested in what could have been. I think Mark makes some really good points. I'm not saying that we can keep pace with Ipswich. We rerun League One last season again. We don't compete with them. They're better players. They won games by better scores. We outperformed and they, believe it or not, slightly underperformed, even at 98 points. But the swing now, I'm not having the swing now as going, well, that's just because they're better than us. It's how how many points is it? Is it 17 points, is it, after 11 games swing? Yeah, we're, last year we, it's a good yardstick for us, isn't it? Because that's where it's which, that's what we could have win. That is possible. For anybody to say that's not possible, is not paying attention. It is possible. Unlikely, yes. And then if you're tracking sort of sixth, seventh, eighth, you go, okay, you know, we've not had the luck of last year. We're slightly we're 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 tracking slightly behind. The margins went for us last year. But I'm I'm not buying that we should accept that, oh well, last year was such a fluke, we can be 17 points behind them at this point. Just- we've 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 not this hasn't been a great start. It's not been a bad start, but it's not been a great start. We can't turn around and go, oh, it's been a positive start. It's been a meh at best. Right, Tom, hang on. I've got my phone out, right? <clears throat> not not for the Ryan pictures. I've got my phone out, right? So if you look at the... So let's go for people around us at the moment. Sheffield Wednesday, bottom, not played them. Rotherham, not played them. QPR, not played them. Stoke, not played them. Watford, got a point away. Huddersfield, three points at home. Us, Blackburn, three points at home. So I get your point around not having played the ones at the top, but there's also a lot of points... If you accept that that, t- that table is starting to settle into a reasonable position, we're doing all right there, aren't we? Against and the I'll, I'll, jump on the back, I'll, jump, I'll jump on the back of that. Preston are in third. We came away from that disappointed because we didn't get something based on the performance. Um, we were disappointed because we felt we could have. Birmingham are in the playoff places. Again, we felt like we should have probably even won that one. We came away with nothing, but we definitely felt like we were worth a point. Norwich in seventh, put six past them. Hull, ninth. We got a point away from home. Southampton, tenth. We should have got a point against them, possibly, if we'd have been able to hang on, even though they were better. Swansea a top half now. So I'm not sure I, I buy the point that we haven't played anybody. It's difficult in this division at this time of season because everyone's mixing around because, as we've said so many times, it's so balanced. But I, I don't think it's that oh, we've picked up all of our points against teams at the bottom and we're going to get battered by everybody else we play. I think it's just I, these, I, I will accept. Games. these last two games have been, I think we, after Norwich and then the point at Hull, um, could easily have won that if Azar's shots doesn't, you know, rattle off the post. Um, I think we were very hopeful of winning these two home games against Millwall and Swansea. And these are the two, you know, that have set us down the road of a little bit of despondency and we're, in danger of knee jerk here. Um, I think 
if you did a poll of Argyle fans, they would have said we can get at least four points against Swansea and, and Millwall, especially after Norwich and the uh, away point at Hull. It hasn't turned out that way. I think we uh, we played badly against Millwall and there's a little bit of a hangover against Swansea. So, yeah, we're going to have to get our home points, you know, the majority of points at home. And it was this has been a little bit disappointing the last two games, but let's try and stay positive. I was, I remember the before the first game of the season against Huddersfield, I don't know about you guys, I was so, so nervous. And the reason I was so nervous was because I just had no idea how this was going to go. Are we... Are we just way out of our depth? Are we just going to be struggling to kind of keep the goals against down every game? Is this going to be a, are we going to be looting in the Premier League? Um, and the relief after that game, not because we won, even if we'd have come away with a draw, but the relief of, right, okay, it, we can play this level. We can manage this level. And as the, as the games went on after that, we saw more and more that, hang on a second, we shed the, as Tom likes to refer to it imposter syndrome and we all start to believe we belong here this is a division where we can compete and I think our expectations got a little bit away from us the reason I'm not worried despite two really disappointing performances with some questionable um, decisions made by management within them and some questionable performances within them is we are competing in every single game apart from Bristol City there's there's not a single game where I've thought oh, we didn't deserve a single thing there. Every other game I thought, ah, on another day we could have got a point or on another day we could have won that. Now, I'm very aware that you can, this division is so good throughout, you can compete in every game and still finish 22nd. But I'm confident because of that fact that we will pick up enough points, more than enough points over over the season to be better than three other teams. Yeah, I mean, to pick up and kind of points you've all said, which have been interesting. I mean, I disagree with what Tom said. I think 18th is really fine, but that's, I think that's a hard point to debate. It's kind of more, um, mm. you know, your, your opinion on what's acceptable. So I appreciate that. Um, what I'm, so I'm fine with 18th going into this international break. I'm not losing sleep over that. What I am losing sleep over is I can't see where our next point is coming from. And on the last two pods, we've got a list, as long as my arm, of real tangible concerns, which I can't see being fixed anytime soon. That's- Middlesbrough felt like that, I'm sure, when they went and beat Sunderland 4-0. Yeah. Well, that's, I think no, that's- no, no, I'm, I'm not having... Just on that point, yeah, they, they their, their, their KPIs would suggest they're better than that. They've got better players than that. They'll do that. Um. I, Archie, you make a really good point about it's deeming what's acceptable. Alex, if 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 you think finishing twenty first is great, I I have concerns about that. Obviously, I don't want to go down. Anything but going down is a disaster. But what the club's built, and we talk about how Plymouth we are as a fan base. Yeah, people start to get bored of losing, no matter what level you're at. And then what you've got to level about that. This isn't. A, we're not a club where well we'll just write this season off and next season we'll be in the mix. Yeah, we've got to learn how to compete financially and resource-wise, regularly in this uh, division. Yeah. So the things that are going for us are the things that were going for us last year. On top of a whole bunch of luck is confident players, good players, good management, outsmarting. You know, those things, the, the multiplier that those things have 
um, in my mind now as to where they were six weeks ago are a lot, lot lower. They seem to be very much not the difference makers. And it just comes down to how good your players are. Michael Duff hasn't been at Swansea long. It's how good your players are and how much money you've got. And I, at this, when I was making my prediction, like Mark, I remember Mark's prediction and his bullet points that he gave to World War Six. I was like, yeah, I can get on board with that because they've been kingmakers and they were last year in League One. And what I've learned over 11 games is that's making very little difference. Just to, so when, how many years ago was it we were in the championship? Ten? Uh, yeah, just, no, I've got a point here, not just the... Right. Yeah, t- call t- it t- t- right. So give or take 400 out of our last 410 games have been at a lower level. I think your point around learning is the most important thing in that. We are learning. The thing that stays with me, even if I take the last 11, 15 of these that we've done, right, in terms of our discussions... The piece that stays with me in the context of those 11 was when the Preston guy said, when Lowe came in, he was very bombastic. And over the course of 18 months, he's learned. And there was a point at which they'd lost five on the bounce. He looked like he was out the door. But now they are more solid. They are playing better. We, we are 11 games in. I think, we are, in my head, we are slightly below where we should be. But we've still got a lot to learn. And whether we learn from that in the next 11... Is, is the most important point. Yeah, I mean, you touched on there on our former manager. We had two specials on him. Don't worry, he won't get any more airtime. But moving to our current manager, Mark, how would you say he's faring thus far? I ask that because yesterday's press conference was a bit spicy at times. Nothing, you know, over the top, but he was snapping back at Errington once or twice, you know, asking him what he thought of Butcher. He clearly wasn't happy, which is fair enough after a um, defeat. But yeah, general question, how do you think he's faring in the championship thus far? Well, he said himself he's learning, you know, and I I don't want him to be in press conferences or any sort of media being happy with uh, defeats. Um, yeah, we could highlight things and substitutions that we disagree with, the, the team changes at Bristol City, but, you know, I'm very glad that he's our manager and I hope he stays with us for a lot longer. I what I would like to for him to do as it, if things carry on like this, I'd like like a rallying call because I think the expectations are not quite um, apparent to us as a fan base. I think we are now in a relegation fight, yeah. And the sooner everyone at home park uh, realizes that, and it might change the mentality and the the. If we do concede, there'll be more of a rallying call amongst the fans. I think whatever's being said behind closed doors, the players need to be equipped for that relegation battle. I don't think they are at the moment. I think there needs to be um, strong acquisition soon in the middle of the park, a real nasty mongrel type. Uh, I think we need some more battling qualities to let us play our football. But he's... He's only seen success. Like even before he came to us, he's only seen success. He is now learning what it's like to lose. And I think there's a world that says if he's still here in 18 months, which I hope he is, which says a lot, um, that he will probably admit and look back and go, you know, at that time I thought this was the right thing to do by rotating or whatever that he picks up on in hindsight that I've now stopped doing. I think we need to give him permission to 
fail. I think the only thing is, and Tom mentioned this on the group chat, so I'm totally stealing his point here. Lowe, <laughs> for example, had the luxury of having a uh, the definition of a mid-table championship team. They were there, God knows, I remember seeing them in 2005 at Home Park. They've been there ever since, you know? And budget. Yeah. And budget. So he had, he had that cushion um, to bed his way into championship life. Shuey doesn't. And that's my that's my concern. I think I'd, we're only three points off. We're only three points off mid table. My point is, I trust Shuey. Is that's not the problem? But Shuey doesn't have the world's biggest cushion to f- find mm. his feet in the championship. Low did, and Michael Carrick does at Middlesbrough. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. Yeah, I, I'm not swapping my manager for everyone. The the, the problem is more of a, an, an extra, existential one, which I thought seeing what Luton did last year and what we did last year and what we did last year was exceptional. We put a lot of the things that money or money, I say money can't buy or, you know, it's not literally linked directly to your budget. The uh, softer things that you do, right? Good planning, good decision-making. Yes, a bit of luck. Um, I thought we could put that into effect in, in the division we've, in, in the division we're in this year. And there's a bit of me that still thinks we can, and it's actually ourselves, of course, it's because, and like Mark says, I can see where Ipswich are, you know, carrying on. We weren't a million, we, we weren't a million miles away from them. Yes, yes, yes. A bit of luck meant that we finished above them, but we were tracking them. You know, we weren't weren't miles behind them. We're not as far behind them as we are now. Um, we've what it said to me yesterday is, you know, we've got a re- our natural home guys on resource and budget is twenty fourth. Yeah, we've got to outperform. Exactly. We've got to outperform. Um, our expectations and outsmart our opponents to finish above that. Yeah. And all along I thought, yeah, we'd do that comfortably. And now I'm like, well, we, we might not because some factors might come in that mean that we, we can't do that. I'm not saying we're going to finish 24th, but the things that I thought that were important as uh, that were important in the reason why we were going to do a lot better than that. Like I say, I mean, it's not, it's not, I'm not blaming Shuri Archie. I'm just thinking that what 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 difference can he make? He can make some marginal differences, maybe, but we could also live in a world where, despite best endeavours, that doesn't achieve very much. Swansea's a good reference point, though. Like they've just won four on the bounce. If we'd have come into this and something Alex said earlier, and we'd lost our first six, and we were in crisis, but then you get a you know two wins, sorry, three wins and two draws after a terrible start, you'd be going into this break going, the sky's the limit. I think it's the kind of patchy nature of it and the recentness of the two defeats opens it up to over-scrutiny. I love the club. I love the players. I'm still on a high from last year. Where I criticise them, particularly the ones who've been here, is out of love. I want to. I want the answer to be that they could have done better because if the answer is they couldn't have done better, that's a pretty bleak outlook. And Chris, you made a really nice point on the last pod for anyone's listening about what your old man would say. And I remember what my dad would say, but my dad and my granddad didn't have to deal with the constant awareness that we can't afford to be where we are. Um, you know, you go back 13 years, we get promoted. It was a far more level playing field. Somebody could come up and, and the, the amount that they had in their bank account wasn't so relevant. Now it's very relevant. Um, you know, it's like you made reference to Luton. It's like being in another Premier League. Pressure, 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 pressure's on. And actually, what what my answer is here is, <laughs> I'm lucky I'm not decision maker at Plymouth. Oh, it's not my checkbook, but it was like, oh my, you know, this idea we had this five year plan of we're going to, you know, spend what we make or whatever. Well, spending what we make actually going to get us relegated. So you know, hopefully somebody comes out of nowhere and just writes off twenty million quid so we can pump it in a playing budget. 
and um, and is willing to do that. Again, I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to make this an accounting lesson, but again, we're we're going to need to find a way to um, punch above our weight uh, really effectively. Or, like you boys are saying, we're going to have to get to a situation where we turn up at home park comfortable with the draw or you know hoping that we scrap to scrape 21st just one quick thing on that though i don't think you can underrate financial stability um like rotherham stayed up last year basically because reading kept getting fined um stranger things have happened this season so i think that balance is important you know we 10 11 years ago bought two players invested a bit of money and it was the catalyst for our collapse so i think that i can understand I'm just, I'm just saying. I believe what I said earlier, which is a bad habit. But don't panic about 18th. You know, financially stable in 18th after 11 games, I'll yeah. take that. I, I hear your point, mate. It's kind of like what you want. There's, there's two points. There's what you want out of it. I, I fully, but our, our club won't do anything daft. Simon will find an investor. Hopefully, he'll say that's 20 million. It's not going to ever be repeated. It's going to give us a leg up. It's not going to, it's not going to be a recurring thing to the point where in jeopardy. Yeah, this is just an investment to go boom. But it does come back to your guys' all points is, what do we want to be? What do Rotherham want to be? Rather, recent data suggests Rotherham's happy bouncing up and down between the championship because, you know, Premier League is out of reach for them and it's they get such a nosebleed up there because they're not a, it's not a bigger club and the, the two Sheffield clubs are, are um, you know, are, are taking the demand. But what I, it's what you want for Plymouth Argyle. If you want that, I think we can do it. I would like Plymouth Argyle to get in the Premier League in my lifetime. Well, I was just about to add something different, but I wasn't I wasn't expecting a Premier League bombshell to be uh dropped in there. Um I mean, I think we we're all speaking around it and we're clearly not worried about Shuey. We've, you know, mentioned a few decisions this season which possibly weren't the best, but that's fine. And I don't think any of us um want him to leave and we're quite happy there. So, let's turn our attention to the playing squad. Mark has mentioned, you know, we need to get to January to buy a midfielder. Tom's kind of alluded to needing players. Let's not beat around the bush. I, I sense we're all just, uh, having questions about our playing squad and it being good enough for this level. Alex, would you agree with that or disagree? I think the playing squad is good enough for this level. Um if we're talking, let's go back to what we've just been talking about in terms to stay up. I'd, I'd start off with the point of, I think, you know, and I've heard people say that with the, with the wonderful benefit of hindsight, looking at some of the, um, some of the business done in the summer, I, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. We don't know who the targets were, you know, it, we ended up with Bundu because we were going for some other people and that was a bit of a last minute change of tack. I I don't think we appreciate how incredibly hard it is for a team with one of the smallest budgets that is coming up from division below to get affordable championship ready players. I looking at the players we've got in and how they've performed I think it would have been very 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 difficult to do better than we did for us for our expectations. So I've got absolutely no concerns about the players we brought in. We've just talked about it. Tom's just been talking about it. There is a reality. We have a certain amount of resources that we have to work with. I think we've done the best we can with them. I don't I don't know what people expect. We've bought the best players we can to make our first 11 as strong as it possibly is. We haven't been able to 
give ourselves a bench or a squad that is going to be of that level, but we just we just can't. It's it's not a championship promotion squad. Of course it's not. But for what we are and for what we've got, I'm very, very happy with it. To give another Plymouth Argyle podcast a plug, the official one even, they um, had an interesting episode with the data guys on it and they said it, this summer was unprecedented in terms of the amount of rejections they got from players. Um, they said they'd never had anything like it compared to League One transfer windows. And, you know, there was a bloke from Australia who went to Middlesbrough, Coburn. You know, there was various targets which we didn't get and I'm sure there's loads which we don't know about um, I think the point I can't get away from is that our attacking lineup is significantly worse than last season and I appreciate we can't go out and spend good money on a backup striker but I can't get away from the fact that we have a worse attacking lineup than last season and those that that's one of the tangibles that really concerns me about going forward Mark as you- a critic Oh, sorry, there's a few of you going. Mark, we'll come to you. Well, we have one loan signing left, I believe, from January. Uh, yeah. not, I'm not going to talk about the strike. I'd like to see Mat- Jay Mateti come back on loan. If we're talking to about legs in midfield, a bit of uh, bit of a mongrel in him there. Hopefully, you know, I, I'd like to see that happening because... Sunderland are not our rivals. They shouldn't have a problem with loaning him to us. I'd like to see that happen. With regards to strike force, uh, yeah, I think um, I said at the start of the season I'd like to see more competition for Hardy. But that's tough, tough with the budget and everything. Um, maybe like I said earlier in the pod, Bundu needs to be more central uh, as that X factor. For me, he's a little bit wasted out, out wide at the moment. Um, ben Wayne hasn't really impressed, sorry to say. Um, we do need more striking options. Yeah. Um, Alex, I'll give you right to reply on my reply to your statement. Any, any thoughts? Well, it, it was just a question, really. Is it just an observation that you've made? Because um, Niall Ennis undoubtedly got offered more money at Blackburn. So off he went. Mm. He wasn't our player. We, we did, He was out of contract. So we didn't sell him. We didn't get rid of him. So that wasn't a choice made by the management or the club. Yeah. Um, other players weren't ours to keep because they are on loan. Mm. Um, so is it an observation or is it a criticism of the, the club that, that you're making about the strike force? Because for me, it's it would be nice if we had better forwards, better strikers, but it is what it is, and that's where we are in the food chain. Yeah, I don't... and also you, just on that though, like I was sharing a clip yesterday. Like, if it, I mean, I don't know how much would it cost to buy Leeds strike force? Hundred million? Like one of them's a fifty million dollar player. Like you've got to, you've got to look to the long term. I think you've got to look at it to say you are not going to go out. You'd be very fortunate to go out and sign a prolific striker at this level. We have a 17-year-old that is still banging goals in for fun every week that, who knows, right, could be a star for the future. We've got Bundu. I think the frustration is that it hasn't clicked rather than that we don't necessarily have the potential. And I think it's the only thing you said about the official podcast. I did listen to it, and it was the first time I thought, well, that was a bit naive. On what planet did you think that 
this would be straightforward. You know, we're going to have the lowest salaries in the division by a long way. Were we naive in thinking that we were going to sign some of those players? Maybe that was the problem. Yeah, uh, Tom? Um, I think the squad's good enough. I think Alex said that. I've been hard on the last couple of weeks because I just think we let ourselves down the last couple of games. I think we could have won. I think we had it in us to win the games or certainly pick four points up and then we've got 15, 17 points and this pod's very different. So we need to bring our A game. We can't let ourselves down. We're not... We took all the things, the factors we're talking about going against us. We can't afford to do that. I back Shuey and the boys to sort that out and we'll do better. Um, I'd like to see some evidence that we can win away from home, but I don't think we're going to go down. I don't think it, we can go nuts in in January. A um, couple of points Mark said, I would like someone like Jay Matete because it does feel like we could do with a bulldozer coming from midfield. Um, he, had a, he, had a, he had his flaws, Matete, but him and Kamara before that, you know, fulfilled that role. That's not something we've had since. And yeah, look, the Cosgrove option, as I like to call it, if we if we've been here, we've been here before and we in League One, we got we couldn't break down low lines and then we had we procured um uh, a different game plan. We brought Cosgrove in, we procured a different system, and it's could do it to an extent and it was to to yeah bulldoze through that low block. And we haven't done that. I'm aware the Coburn deal um didn't go through and, and whether we tried so many you know, we tried some others in that role or some backups that didn't come to fruition because like I say, although I would like to see Bundu through the middle, I appreciate he's not that player. Um, so I think the club would own the fact that they'd have liked that option, but we haven't procured the ability to do it. And I'm sure that striker is in short supply. Um, I, I'm not sure about a January spending spree because I think the players are good enough. I don't mind bringing competition, but I, I'm not sure that, you know, we brought players last January, guys. I, I'm not that, that, Shopping list hasn't aged that well in my mind, other than maybe, you know, Callum Wright, yes, he's injured, and maybe Matete for getting him back now, uh, which kind of leans on your point, Archie, is that there's, there's a bit of me that thinks some of the players we had last year I'd rather have now. Um, but, you know, I'd rather see more work on more work on the learning, on the smarts, like Chris has said. I back the guys to do it. Um, you know, set piece coach, may, set piece coach, maybe or yes. something. Like, because you know they're Please. they're they're a joke. They're a joke, frankly. Um, or some investment into that. Fine, whether that's another member of staff or whatever. Um, I'd rather see that than into a window with some money. Yeah, I'm not. Really, I don't. I, I, the chairman's gone quite publicly and said, you know, the premiums in January are are, are ridiculous, and you don't get what you need, and that feels a bit knee jerk. Um, uh, mentioned earlier about chucking 20 million quid in. I love the board we've got. I don't want them to give up any control. So I'm aware that getting 20 million and then that means the chairman moves out, which obviously I don't want. I was being slightly facetious, but we do need to work out how we can give ourselves some, buy some assets that we can uh, then compete with some of our upper levels. But I don't think we'll do that in January. So maybe one or two. Yeah, I'd like to see a, a Coburn or a Coburn equivalent so we can put that game plan in. And like Mark said, I'd like a bulldozer. Uh, before we need snookers. And just like Tom, you said something earlier about not having played a lot of the ones at the top. And I think you've got to say Leicester are probably a rule unto themselves, like they're a different animal. But there's still a part of me as well that says that we're best set up against some of those teams. And that away form might come against the West Broms and the, dare I say, Ipswiches, where it is how we play best. Maybe what you said earlier, maybe there is some hope in that, that the struggles away from home 
might be because we're playing against teams that are not trying to attack us. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll great if we beat Ipswich. Like stranger things have happened. Yeah, we're gonna. We're well. Look, we can do it, and we can do it. But um, you know, we need lightning to strike twice, mate, don't we? Something um, I found on my phone, like Chris. Um, we are the Not div- that. Don't talk about that. What? Oh, <laughs> we, are, we are the division's fifth highest goal scorers, averaging one point six goals per match. Problem is. Problem is, wait for it, we need about two goals to win a game due to our defence being the fifth worst in the league. We need more than that. We let, Tom, we let three goals. Tom Kirk was right. He's been banging that drum for a few weeks. We have we missed Gibson goals. for the last two games. Gibson has been a huge loss, you know. I mean, obviously, we were letting in goals before him, but, I mean, yeah, let's hope he's back after the... Yeah. International break. Um, let's pick our best team. It might be a discussion. I think it's a discussion for another pod when um, you can really dive deep, maybe international break. Um, but is that a symptom of the personnel or is that a symptom of the way we play? At the moment, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I would like to see if we're talking about who do we want to come in in January. If we are going to regularly play three centre-halves, um, I would like to see somebody, somebody else possibly come in there, and I don't know, maybe move somebody on um, who just isn't quite ready for the championship. But if you go back to the League One story with the benefit of hindsight, and especially if you listen to the club, got promoted, had an average year, Stemi overachieved, but the first thing that happened after the Milton Keynes game was next year we need three or four stronger players. We, we won the league. We are at the start of that journey again. We are at the start of that journey. We are learning on the field. We are learning in the back office. We are learning from the analysis perspective. I do agree. I just keep coming back to it. Like, like yeah. you, you, I do agree. If, you, if you've got to look at a pattern that we, we've won some games that we had no right to win, we've got some points away that we had no rights to win. I, do, I agree. And I think yesterday was a bit weird, but Millwall and Bristol City, we probably should have done better. But overall... Yeah, just in case you're wondering, I do agree. Um, <laughs> um, no, I do agree with you, mate. Uh, but the thing is, back in League One, and I stating the bloody obvious, we had the cushion of being able to trial that being a top six team or top seven when we didn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Not in the first year we did. Not in the first year. Well, when we lost, when, um, we, when, we, lo- when we lost to MK Dons, I mean, and you're talking about how we could revamp and go bigger and stronger for next season. But there was a there was a season before that where okay. we were yeah, a yeah. very average yeah. League One team because we'd just come up from League Two. What I'd argue is is that this season the stakes are so much higher that we don't we can't afford to just miss out on the playoffs because the equivalent of that this season is getting relegated or not, in my opinion. You know, um, and if we get relegated, then I can't see that as being part of the journey. It'd be a huge backward step. I'm sure the club would be fine, and we'll you know we'll have to roll with it, but. Do you understand what I'm saying? That the stakes are so much higher that we don't have that buffer, that cushion to kind of ease our way into it. And but I believe, yeah, you know, I, I, I do. I hear what you're saying, and I do feel that we'll be in a better position in 12 months. I really hope we will be in crucially in the championship. But there's just that big if of relegation hanging over our heads, mate. There's a lot of things we can't change. What some of our, what our management can do is make sure that we're prepared best for games and. Um, We've done well this season, but I think 
they, they should look back and reflect there's some things that, that some wrong decisions were made. And I think in the recent game, some players could have done better uh, with their decision-making. And uh, some of the yards they've covered, I mean, we called it wanting it more, but some of the yards they covered yesterday weren't good. Those are the things we can control. Yeah. And that's all we can ask. If we get relegated, but everybody ticks all those boxes, I think we're a reasonable fan base and we'll go, that's life, that's football, it's unfortunate. And sure, he doesn't get sacked. Sure, he gets, you know, another go at it. But I, w- I can't, I don't think our stomach going down where we could have avoided it. Yeah. All right. We're going to do a wee um, recap on our predictions. Just all I want is the, um, is the place number where you think we'll be finishing up in May. Mark Lovell. What is, what is the point of this, Archie? Please. Just humiliation. <laughs> Humili- humiliation from your perspective. Come on. Entrapment. Yeah. 16th. <laughs> Alex. I can't remember what my number was. It was somewhere right in the middle of mid-table. I'm still happy with that. Well done, Alex. Uh, 13th. And Chris? 17th. Alrighty. And just to make sure we finish this segment on a positive note, that's what we like to do. Give me one reason each whilst we should um, hold our heads up high. And not panic. Hang on, Archie. What's your prediction? Then you're the one who. Yeah, won. I was going to say the same. Question master. Don't. No one needs to know. <laughs> Get off that fence. Eighteenth. Uh, the... I think I've um, I've agreed with Chris from day one. But I'll, for the interest of being different, I'll say eighteenth. Um, Mark, give me one line to be positive. What, what are you holding on to? We have. Cooper and Gibson to come back, and we have a history of strengthening well. That's convincing. Alex? Uh, Apart from Bristol City, we've been competitive in every single game we've played, and on another day could have come away with at least a point or more. Um, in every against every team we've come up against, Tom. Couple of bits. Uh, we're a yo-yo club. We've had a lot of promotions and relegations. Um, statistically, that should even out. So that means we're not doing either this year. Um, secondly, we're all a bunch of Plymouth Argyle fans. Um, we uh, <laughs> we always see the negative side of everything. So we're the worst people to judge our own prospects of staying up. Chris? Bundu. Mustafa, as I like to call him. Mustafa. Seriously. <laughs> I, I've, got, I, I've got more faith that I'm right in that than wrong. Yeah, he's In looked- the same way that Fleggy can obviously play the game, I still think, and if I'm fair to Shuey, he hasn't played really competitive football for a long time, and maybe that's why he's getting eased in. Because he doesn't want him to hurt himself. Because I think that guy could set the division alight. I would love it. I would love him to have a moment, 90th minute kind of goal. It would be great. It'd be great for him. Um, right. I guess I should give my thoughts. Um, I quite like, I mean, as a football fan, you're always chasing the thrill. And a mid-table finish doesn't excite me. So the only positive I can gain from being in a relegation scrap is that I do like the idea that we have something to celebrate in May. 
albeit staying up. I want to go. To, I'm going to the, the last two games in May. My dad's coming over from New Zealand, and I want those games to be mean something. So I've got a bit of a invested interest there. Um, and I kind of like. I, I shut up. And I kind of like. I like being the underdog, and I want to enjoy that. But I know you're playing with fire about asking to be in a relegation battle. Monologue over. Sorry, Mark. All right. We're going to have a, we'll have a wee break and then we'll come back to uh, round things off with a quiz. Okay, welcome back to the third and final part. This week we're doing things a bit different with the quiz. I'm um, handing over Quizmaster duties to Alex and I'll be getting in the ring. Alex, over to you, my man. Okay, Archie, I've stolen your um, quiz concept from a few weeks back where you, the, uh, ironically, it was the quiz that I didn't understand how it worked, but I think I figured it out, <laughs> where uh, where you gave us a series of clues and uh, somebody had to write down a, the player that you thought it was, and it was Tony Capaldi. I'm just going to do, you just need to shout out the answer. So whoever, if you think you've got it, shout it out. But this is with seasons. So I'm going to give some clues that get, Chris is like, oh, bollocks. He's, it's dates and years, Chris. Sorry, mate. Um, um, I'm going to read out clues about a season and, and when you think you know which year it was, um, I will accept the year that the season ended or so, for example, this is season 23-24. I'd also set, accept 2024 for the season. And when you think you know what it is, shout out them. Okay, you ready? No, let me... No. Oh, here we go. No. Bloody so, I'm going to to help you out. It's going to start. Mo- it's going to start more recently, and every season goes back further. Is in it time. A sudden death? If you mess it up, are you out? Yeah. If you if you shout out an answer and you're wrong, then then you're out. So a team you are shouting team are you would be expelled. Oh yeah. Gosh. Right. So we're not. Like you're reading my mind. So, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, Mark's actually got a good question. Do we take it in turns? You just shout no, out. you just when you think you know the year, you shout it out, and if it's correct, that ends the round. How many- so if I say nothing, I've got a good chance of winning. <laughs> if, if everybody else says it wrong first, <laughs> you get eliminated if you, if you get it wrong. Yeah, if you shout out the wrong year, you're out. Right, okay. everyone gets one guess. If you if you burn it early, then one guess. Okay, right, okay, go. Hmm, pressure. So this this is a season where we played in black and green stripes. 2019. Yep. Jesus. Wow. Straight in there. Have you been collaborating, you two? No. That's Mark's favourite season. Oh, Oh, do you know what? I love that shirt, and it was a horrible season, so I can never wear it. It was a great shirt. It's just a column messed it up a bit. Sorry. Alex, read the quiz. Read the question out. I'm interested now. The year was 2018, 2019. Yeah. All of the clues were Adam Randall made his debut. Adam Randall made his debut. We said goodbye to Graham Carey, and then we were humbled five-one at Accrington Stanley in the penultimate game of the season. Oh, I see. Right. So the clues get more. The clues are fruitier as you, as you relegated want. on the final day because Southend somehow beat Sunderland. Right. So I've really and messed that whole, one up. Okay. Right. Let's go again. We'll go again. Warm up. Okay. Right. So this one's going to be back further in time than 2018, 2019. This was a season we played in an all-yellow away kit. 2015. Out. You're out. We finished 10th <laughs> in the championship. I've got two options. E-Bank's 2008. Correct. I was, yeah. I was seven or eight. Seven or eight. 
I'll tell you what's heartbreaking on this one. We said goodbye. At the end of that season, we said goodbye to Akos, Ebanks, Blake, Gosling, Halmosi, David Norris, Lillian Nallis, Jimmy Abdu, Ryan Dixon, and Bojan Jordic. Now, there's a Premier League side right there. What, what, where, where I got it, Chris Chris went to that game, didn't he? The uh, Holloway game, where Halmosi scored against Leicester. Definitely wore yellow that day. Yep, I was there. What a shame. the wrong number. All right, let's go. I'm enjoying this. Also, okay. that, that, without, without going back into normal pod territory... It's a stronger squad than we got today, right? Oh, hate to say it, but yeah, mm-hmm. the standard's gone up, mate. That's another pod. Let's go, Alex. Okay, going further back in time, this was a promotion season. We won promotion away at Rochdale. Two thousand four, two. No, Archie, what was that? Two thousand two. No, no, it wasn't. Yes, no, it was. No, two thousand two. Archie just said the number two. That doesn't count. I mean, you guys can fight amongst this. It's 2001, 2002. Yes, 2002. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. You literally didn't. Oh, We're going even further don't back. Don't get me started on... Is there, are they fighting with heart or not? Jesus. Let's go. This is, a season, this is a season we played in black and green stripes. Mark Edworthy was player of the season. 96. I'm out, though. You're out. It was the Peter Swan year. We were relegated to the basement division for the first time. We bounced oh. back via Wembley the following year. Night five. Night six. Yep. <sighs> so, sorry, what was that, Archie? Night five, night six. No. Hang on. Night four, night no. four, night Hang five. on. You'd have been right if you just said 95. Oh, for... Well, I did say night that. Four, you night, said so 95. Where's, where's your cut off? 94, 95. Night, I said 94... Night five. No, night. Right, am I out? Literally, I don't know. Anyway, this is the last one, and we can all. It's Tom won by shouting nothing. He hasn't. He has. Uh, jammy. Okay. I've got many correct answers. This is this is going even further. One. Needlessly. <laughs> I'll be impressed. I'll be impressed. Go on. You get this one. Sorry. This was a relegate. This was nope. a relegation season. We were relegated with Carlisle and Hereford from what is now the Championship. Paul Mariner played his last game for Argyle. 78. 78. No. 77. 76. 75. 79. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let the other two have a guess. Um, Liverpool were English champions. Spurs finished bottom of the old first division. And Shakira and Freddie Lundberg were born. Oh, crikey. What's that for? Shakira, how should... Shaka. I mean... Oh, any guesses? Wherever, whenever she was born was 1997. 1990s. Oh, no, yeah. 77. Sorry, 97. Yeah, 1976-77 was the season. Yeah, I'm the same age as Shakira. She looks a lot better than me. <laughs> <laughs> she was born then. Mm, respect. Must be 77, Liverpool won the league. Forrest won it the year after. I think that was what did it for me. Very good. That's where, that's where Chris was like, Shakira did it for me. <laughs> that was a good quiz. I mean, I'm not ever going to win one of these, apart unless you were in Chicago, but I like that. Very enjoyable. Um, 
we're gonna as, as, as the as, as the pod goes on, it's gonna get harder and harder to come up with a, a decent quiz. <laughs> why do you think? Uh, why do you think I've asked you to do it today? I'm out yeah. of ideas. It's um, yeah, I think it also it also stops me from losing the quiz if I'm doing it. So <laughs> happy to. It's, it's quite fitting after the Swansea game that the quiz was lost due to everybody's own they caused their own downfalls. Well, I mean, on points per That's game, bad. who got the most? Who got the most correct answers? Do we? Did we take note of that? No. Mm, well, I'll leave that to the listener. Get in touch. The listener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the listener, um, we've got a competition giveaway update. I know a few weeks ago I mentioned it. We haven't forgotten, fear not, in the West Brom preview pod, it will be announced in all its glory. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll do a post on Twitter and stuff like that. But um, it is coming, fear not. All right, guys, let's leave it there. Alex, thanks for the quiz. It was um, it was good fun. A pleasure. Mark, thanks for your presence, your wise counsel. Absolutely. Good to see you doing very well in the quiz. Even winning it, some might say. Tom? Cheers, Cheers mate. Up the greens. All right, Chris. Take it easy. Green Army! And thank you for listening. And we'll be back very, very soon with a special guest who will um, hopefully be able to drum some positivity into us. 